This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 165 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gaz is with me as always. How you doing mate? You well? Back again. <laughs> Indeed. As they say. Yeah, it, it did become a bit of a joke that Jake would only come on when we've lost, and then it, it seemed to, to happen. Um, yeah, people like Jake. I think they like Jake more than us. Uh, yeah, it doesn't put an article out. I put an article out saying, you know, this week it's going to be the B team, uh, as in the Ben and Jake team with a B, but obviously the insinuation was that I was part of the A team. It was meant to be a joke. Uh, and I got a comment back uh, from Richard Godson, a good... Uh, I, I, top top bloke kind of saying don't underestimate jake's skill as a broadcaster and he's a great broadcaster and i thought you haven't mentioned ben's name there yeah i know i saw that and i was like oh okay <laughs> i i know where i sit it's fine <laughs> yeah it's like jake's great jake's good we like jake <laughs> yeah yeah oh, there you go then jake it's your podcast <laughs> but anyway um yeah a bit of a a bit, a bit of a better week for the Imps this week, wasn't it? It was a, a decent uh, decent result on Saturday. And with all things considered, I think a, a worthy point on uh, on Tuesday. Um, straight we... into it, I say. No, no witty banter beforehand. We're straight into the football. We are all business tonight. Yeah, well, the thing is, if I go witty banter, you eventually, well, I say eventually, Hammy you immediately up. turn it into being a prick. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's let's... Might as well get fired straight into it because, uh, you know, Charlton on Saturday was a, a game that I think um, I well, I was asked on Radio Lincolnshire on Monday, like, you know, how do I see it going? <laughs> oh, come on, you've done the same. Um, you know, how it was potentially going to be going. And I thought, well, it, it's not as critical as it is, as it was a couple of weeks ago for Charlton because they kind of they kind of pulled away from the relegation uh, dogfight in, in the last few weeks. And then um, obviously, yeah, you know, we, we sort of still needed that one more win. I think a lot of people were still saying, you know, one more win at that point and we were more or less there. Um, but we went there and, and, you know, attacked them and came away with three points, admittedly with, you know, only 10 men on the field uh, with each team. But uh, I thought it was a decent performance that, justified the win um at the end i mean you know how did uh, how did you see it on saturday i thought charlton were better than us in key areas mm-hmm. i thought they created enough chances to have the game wrapped up but we showed fight and determination and what you get with this lincoln c team is just, you know when somebody is better than us very rarely do we actually fold um you think back to uh, Rotherham better than us at our place and, and you know we did very well there to, to get a point I thought Wigan were probably in terms of their possession a better team than us when we beat them at their place it's when teams are worse than us that we struggle mm. so a lot of people I think were calling it ahead of the game saying I think it's one more win I was doubtful I mean I've said it all week I look at that Charlton team and look at the midfield of Scott Fraser and George Dobson and, and I just think wow how's that not a top six midfield I mean Scott Fraser was 
was running the show for MK Dons last year. George Dobson was was outstanding for Walsall, albeit in the year they came down, and yeah, really good on the ball. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, the sending off definitely definitely shook him up, without a doubt. But it was a stupid second yellow, wasn't it? It was just, I mean, yeah, brainless. You know, when when you've already gone into the book for pulling someone's shirt, the last thing that you need to do when you've gone over in a tussle with somebody is get up and pull their shirt back and you're about, what, three feet in front of the referee? Yeah. Dude, the thing is, there are some referees that would love it. They would love the opportunity to go striding up with their card, but Bobby Madley's not one of that referees. The same referee, remember, that didn't send Brennan Johnson off for mm. two bookable offences within seconds of each other when we beat MK Dons 4-0 last season. Mm. So he's a referee that, you know, if you if you commit an infringement and then for some crazy reason you, you do it immediately again, he's he's looking for reasons not to send you off. He's not looking for reasons to send you off. What Alice Gilby's done is he's given a referee who looks for a reason not to send you off no choice, absolutely mm. no choice. And the thing is, like with a tackle, a tackle's ambiguous. So mm. if a player puts in a tackle, one person will say it's a red, one person will say it's a yellow, one person will say it's a hard challenge. It's, it's ambiguous. But a shirt pull is not. A shirt pull is, is it's clear what it is. You've got the hand, you've got the shirt, everybody can see. It's a bookable offence. It's as clear as catching a ball. You catch a ball in the middle of the play, it's deliberate handball, it's a yellow card. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, in that respect, it's brainless. And do you know what? I would rather, uh, and unfortunately I did get to see it, um, but I would rather see a player sent off for a reckless tackle or a tough tackle or mm. two poor challenges than I would to stupid infringements. He's in the middle of the park, for God's sake, as well. Yeah. Brainless. But, you know, so what? It won't our player. So um, <laughs> nobody will be listening to this. We're not offending anybody. Uh, but do you know what? Actually, I thought, I thought the sending off um, kind of... Yeah, you know, obviously Charlton went into the shell. I thought it, it slowed the game a little bit. Um, and I, I, yeah, you know, there was a fear: are we going to try and, do you know I mean, just play the game out? Mm. Um, and we didn't. So you know, it was obviously when things were evened up a little bit. It it was a little bit worrying, but it was just a professional performance from a team of players that wanted the result. We haven't seen that enough this season. And if we saw it in every game this season, we would actually be safe now rather than people saying we were safe when we're not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think like you you mentioned it might have been on, I think it might have been on the dog walk video where you were saying about, um, you, you know, you thought Whitaker was having a good game until the point he got sent off. And I think that's probably the second or third game in a row where I've thought, you know what, actually he's proven his doubters wrong at this point. You know, he's he's not, while he's not necessarily creating tons and tons of opportunities or or scoring tons and tons of goals, I think the fact is that against Shrewsbury, I thought he was probably one of our better players in the first half, um, and then again in the second half, you know, there was a couple of instances where he he managed to break free and and created something. But on Saturday, I thought obviously you know his goal capped it off, but I thought until the moment when he, which we're going to come on to, I thought he was you know impressive. Um, Obviously, you said there that you prefer to see a player get sent off for a, a reckless challenge and, you know, than two silly offences. And, uh, yeah, and on, I think as we said, on 50, was it 56 minutes, I think, so around then, he, he did basically that. Um, I think as soon as he went in with it, I mean, I know they said on commentary, oh, that's a red card. I think my immediate reaction was he's not going to have any complaints if he gets sent off there. Um, and, yeah, sure enough. Red card came out. I mean, I think Michael alluded to it after the game. He said, you know, regardless of whether it's a red card or not, you've given a referee, you, you've given the referee a, a decision to make at that point. And yeah, I, I mean, I think it's the same thing that we said about um, Adam Jackson the other week, where if he goes in for a challenge and gets injured from it, then he's, you know, he's injury prone. But if he doesn't go in for it, he's not got the passion for it. And I think you made a similar point about Whitaker there is that, you know, people say, no, he's not got the passion. He doesn't put the effort in. He puts the effort in. He, he's got the passion and he makes a bad challenge and gets sent off for it. So it, you, it, it was a poorly timed challenge that, that caught the guy late. Um, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing moment, but I don't think you could really heap a ton of blame on him. Could you? Well, I was just about to say, that's a great point you make about Adam Jackson. And then you revealed that it was one of mine. Um, so fair enough. Um, no, I, made, I made the point about Adam Jackson and then you made the point about Whitaker. I made the, 
yeah, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I'm going to go back to his goal first of all because there's a narrative developing around. Yes. That I don't like. Yeah, actually, um, yeah. I've watched it back. I've heard the commentary, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not digging out um, kind of Radio Lincolnshire because I like their commentary. Yeah, I'm, I know some don't. I do. But you know, in the run up to the goal, it was he could have shot earlier, and I just think. I don't know. Once the goal's gone in, why is that being mentioned? It was a good finish, mm. and it wasn't. Yeah, it's not just. It wasn't just Michael and was it Mark Hone? I think on on the radio. I can't remember. Was it Tomo? No, it was Tomo, wasn't it? It wasn't just Michael and Tomo. You know, there was a lot of people kind of after the game in their commentary saying, "Oh, he should have shot earlier." And I'm thinking, doesn't make a difference. Football is no. It doesn't make a difference when you've scored a goal and. Uh, yeah, I'm going to kind of contradict myself in the in the same sentence here, but football is a is a results driven business, um, and so if you get a result, then people certainly as an individual, it doesn't matter how you've got there, and and it's an argument that I've I've put the other way several times, like with Gillingham, you know, I wouldn't want to get results kicking the ball up into the air and kicking whatever lands, whether it's a player or the ball. And, you know, we have done in the past, you know, I remember watching John Beck, for instance, that was what we did. So, and I've also said that as a team game, football stats driven, and it's not always about the result, it's about the performance. So I'm contradicting myself. But I think as a player, I think if you're a striker and you've got to score a goal and you have a habit of not taking the easy chance, but putting a hard chance away and you score 20 a season, nobody's going to go, you should shoot earlier. They're going to go, well done. And certainly mm. when Morgan Whitaker, a player who's been under fire, does does that and then scores the goal, we should be talking about the goal. And I think a lot of it comes down to, you know what? it comes down, not in Michael and um, Steve Thompson, definitely not for them, but for the fans that were saying it after the game, it comes down to sheer bloody-mindedness because they have hung their hat on Morgan Whitaker not being good enough. They've mm. put it out line, they've stood by it, they've made him a scapegoat. So then when there are glimpses of positivity against Shrewsbury, and he was a good player, he was the best, or not the best, but he was among the best of a bad bunch. There wasn't very many people that came out of that game of credibility. So I'm not saying he played particularly well, but I'm saying he wasn't as bad as, let's say, at least six other players on the field. But when he does score a goal, or when he does do something positive, or when there is a glimpse of, of him being a decent player, people don't want to admit it because it doesn't fit their narrative. And social media drives that. Social media is the vehicle. Social media is where people put on Morgan Whitaker is not good enough. But it's also, it's almost like a driver. It's almost like they're the catalyst for them not being able to change their mind. If you're down the pub with your mates and you say Morgan Whitaker's not good enough and then two weeks later he scored and you say it, Morgan Whitaker had a good game today, they're not going to, you, you're going to maybe go, oh, oh you've changed your tune and that's it. If you put it on social media, 30, 40, 50 clever smart asses are going to jump on you or they're going to find a tweet that you put on six months before saying that Morgan Whitaker wasn't good enough and they're going to go, oh, look at you, you don't know what you're talking about, as if one opinion is what you're, you're, you're nailed to. And I remember I was guilty of it in 2010. Ben, you remember Ben Hutchinson? Awful man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he called our fans the worst in the world. And yeah. I remember getting really angry and I told my dad, he's a grade A c- 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 clown. <laughs> clown, grade A clown, I said. That was what I said. And then he scored. I think it was against Hereford at home. I might be wrong. I stood up and I applauded and I was saying, you know, only one Ben Hutchinson. And dad kind of went, you've changed your tune. It's like he scored a goal. Like you're, you know, do you know what I mean? And that's that's why there's Morgan Whitaker narrative. I've gone off on one a little bit there. And there is no similarity between Morgan Whitaker and Ben Hutchinson. None whatsoever. No, I mean, I think uh, you, you, you're right. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm watching the goal back um, at the moment, and like you can see, when the when the ball comes to him, he's in loads of space. But the speed at which the Charlton defenders close him down, the angle's tight as well. The angle's uh, not great. Uh, uh, it's not. Uh, I, I, watched, I, I watched it about five minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, it's not, he's, it's he's not a perfect of... angle for getting a shot away. There's people in front of him. You've only got certain areas of the goal to aim at. You can't put it across the keeper because the defenders are coming back. It's not a clear cut chance. It looks it in real time, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like he's, he's sort of level with the edge of the, the the sort of outer edge of the six yard box, and it's like you know, if he hits that first time and it doesn't go in, then he's not good enough. But if he you know, if he does what he does, keeps hold of the ball, rides a couple of challenges, gets to the point where he can get a shot away and scores, he should have shot earlier. It's like, it, like you say, it, it's fitting people's narratives. And ultimately, it doesn't matter if it goes in 
from 30 yards through a screamer or somebody that's managed to keep the ball for a little bit and get a shot away from 18 yards or if it goes off someone's ass on the goal line it's a goal for Lincoln City and ultimately that's what matters and you know he did well to did well to get the finish away um but yeah yeah and just just to go back you did actually ask me about the sending off and I, went I did yeah I was going to say should we go back to the sending off yeah uh, the sending off was a sending off it's a red card I know at the end of the game Michael said uh, Michael Afton said on the radio whether it's a red card or not you've given the referee a decision to make it's a red card yeah. um, it's as much a red card as the one in the first half it was but again as you said if he doesn't make if he doesn't chase it down and put his body in there and try and win the ball he's lazy um, I didn't actually see a lot of criticism of the red card. I didn't see a lot of people saying brainless and idiotic or that sort of thing, which mm. yeah, there was more criticism of the fact he didn't shoot when he scored than the fact he got sent off and, and levelled up. Uh, and it could have been crucial because, do you know what, I think 10 versus 11, I don't rate that Charlton team. I don't rate uh, Johnny Jackson got the job. I, I don't see major improvement. And when you look at the players that they've got, in, in Blackett Taylor, as I've said, in, in, in Fraser and Dobson and Gilby and James Stockley up top and Ben Purrington and the, the, the fullback playing left centre half, whatever, is a really good player. And a friend of my uncle's makes it actually. They're, they're, a, they're a side that should be in or around the top six. Yeah. And I mean, they lack inventiveness and they lack creativity and they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um you know, Blackett Taylor up against um, Brooke Norton Cuffey. I think he, he gave him a tough afternoon, but Brooke was more than up for it, wasn't he? I think he, uh, I think he played very well. Um, and I didn't rate Blackett Taylor when he was at Tranmere. He got sent off at Sinsel Bank. Yeah, we won the title. Uh, we won 1-0 just before Christmas, I think. Mm. Um, and he, he was sent off for a second book of defence. I didn't rate him. I think he was a former Villa youngster, but he's definitely, definitely matured. And Charlton have... Charlton almost have a, a West Ham-like ability to bring creative creative players to the fore. I remember Tarek Fosu going there under um, under uh, Lee Barrier. He did very very well uh, while whilst he was there. Was it Fosu or did Fosu? No, Fosu went to Oxford, didn't he? He probably struggled a little bit, Charlton actually. But normally they they have they they bring good players through who know play a little bit of football, and I don't think they're doing that at the minute. Um, and but you know he still took a very good goal to to make it secure and and interestingly enough do you know what the xg was for the entire game before we move on to the second goal uh i don't know what the xg was for the entire game our xg was 0. 0.88 wow okay and charlton's was 2.85 jesus christ so we could have lost that game 3-1 if xg had gone as it as it as it would because you always kind of round up with xg so it was a 3-1 game and that shows the dogged determination that we had in defensive areas uh, and and we produced two very very good finishes, which probably you know nine times out of ten. Which which was the one with the XG was it? Ah, Scully's the XG it was, was zero point zero nine. So yeah, ninety one times out of a hundred he misses that. Yeah. Or somebody misses it. Not not Scully. Ninety one times out of a hundred, a player hitting the ball from there misses it because the ability of the player is the unknown variable in XG. Pete always points it out. I'll point it out because. Otherwise, he'll say, you were talking about monkey next year again. Um, not that he talks like a wife, but you get what I mean. Um, <laughs> you know, if, you, if you put like me there, you can't say that's a 0.09 XG chance, because even with all the players on, off the field, I'd probably still miss it. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good finish. It was what Anthony Scully does best. Yeah. Uh, still, yeah, when we move on to... Tuesday night's game. I'm still wondering whether he's fully fit. I don't think we've really seen the best of Scully since probably you know Sheffield Wednesday away. He had a decent game. Um, well, it, it was interesting because I, I don't think it was it was very well publicised um, about you know obviously he had he had an injury before um, before the January window and everybody sort of thought, oh, okay, well, he's not playing, you know, there was all the, the, the bullshit rumours about, oh, he's not playing because he's, he's forcing yeah. a move and all that. And it's like, well, no, he's injured. And then he came back for a few games and um, then he kind of, I think a few people presumed that he'd fallen out of favour. But listening to what Michael was saying um, after, uh, after a game the other day, apparently he was playing with an injection in his knee the other week. Um, uh, who was that against? I think he said. I think he said he was playing with an injection in his knee, uh, possibly for the Sunderland game. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Did he play? He didn't play in the Sunderland game. Um, but yeah, he, he, he said that he was um, obviously, you know, playing like that. And then it kind of leads you to believe, oh, right, okay, yeah, so he's, he's obviously not fully, fully fit. Um, but I mean, you know, when he can put put away a chance like that, that's why you've got him on the field, isn't it? Because it was a wonderful, wonderful move. I think um, Jamie Robson deserves a bit of credit in there as well. I think he he, he looked like he was about to um, lose the ball, kept with it, and played a really really nice ball wide. Scully, as you say, does what he does, came in inside, and then just quick shimmy goal. What a finish it was as well, like sort of just perfectly bounced in off the bar. Um, yeah, that was a that was a moment of relief certainly because I think after that Charlton then put the pressure on, um, and obviously you know when Stockley scored, it was like yeah they we're probably sweating bullets a little bit now, but delighted obviously to hold on for the win. Yeah, we talk about games being games of two halves in a not in a literal sense because that's obvious, but in a metaphorical <laughs> sense. Um, and the game against Charlton was absolutely that, and, and anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong, um, because although it was one all, uh, and again, I'm not even going to talk about XG, three shots from us, one on target, we had one shot that went in, uh, and they had 12 shots, four on target. Now, I, I always talk, I always um, go on about kind of football fans only ever see one side of it, so if you're Lincoln City and you go to Charlton, your fans either see you winning the game, as in, you go there, you play well, you win. Or they see you going there, you playing badly and you losing. Not you playing well, but the opposition playing better and beating you. Or you playing badly, but the opposition playing badly. And Do you know what I mean? Mm. The game against Charlton, for all our hard work, for all our endeavour, for all our application, was a game that Charlton lost rather than us winning. And I know if you take that mm. literally, it sounds utterly stupid. But there was enough opportunities in that game really on the balance of play for Charlton Athletic to win it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Not in the first half as much. I don't think they had a shot on goal in the first half. But, you know, they shouldn't really have conceded the Scully goal and they had opportunities to score two in the second half. And we played our part, you know, because we harassed and we chased and we fought and we were very, very good in key areas. And, you know, one or two players putting outstanding performances. Mm. Um, but a team playing to their full ability and taking their chances as they come to them with that game. Very, I mean, I, when I say I was disappointed, obviously I wasn't. I don't give a damn because they weren't us. Disappointed with Jaden Stockley. And I remember when he came to Cinsel Bank with Exeter and it was the game that we won 3-2 where Ollie Palmer thought he had scored and ran the length of the pitch. <laughs> and then he yeah. hadn't, so he went and scored again anyway. Um it was that game. I remember my, cause my uncle and my cousin, a big Exeter fan, as they go kind of all over with them. And they said to me, Jaden Stockley's great as long as the ball's not at his feet. And I always thought that's an odd thing to say. You know, he'd scored 20 odd goals or whatever. And he went off to Preston. And, and then against us last season, you remember we went to Charlton and got beat 3 1. I think Scully or Harry Anderson scored late on, if I remember. Was it Anderson? But it was a game we were never in. It was after the, the, the Peterborough dive, the Peterborough debacle. It was the week after that. And I remember thinking, oh, Stockley looks a hell of a player. And everyone was raving about him. We did a podcast, and I remember you doing the classic QI thing. He's just the type of striker that we want. And everyone was saying that. And I think we saw the real Jaden Stockley on Saturday rather than in that game against us. I'm, I think he's a shadow of the, the player we thought he was at Exeter. Mm. I mean, it, it, it kind of... It, it seemed a little bit inevitable that he was going to score. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. It's, it's know, as obvious yeah. as Jack Lester scoring against Lincoln. I mean, it just it happens. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, like one of the, the first thoughts that I had after the sending off, and I'm just going back, but like it, it was his reaction was absolutely phenomenal. If you watch it back, because he's, he's just like a toddler. Like, I, I know, obviously, you know, people try and... I don't want to breastfeed him. Do you breastfeed <laughs> toddlers? No, you don't, do you? Probably don't not, no. <laughs> Well, I certainly don't. Um, but like, yeah, you know, it was. Um, you don't it, have kids. It'd be weird if you did. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be weird if I did. I mean, it'd be weird if I did anyway. But yeah, um, it would be possible. Well, there was a picture of what looked like a man breastfeeding earlier on Twitter. It's one of this whole transgender thing. Just looked wrong. But anyway, sorry, go on. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, you know, jumping up and down, kind of losing his rag and trying to get things done. like the, the decision was already made before he started doing it so i just found it quite funny um but yeah like as you say it was fairly obvious he was going to score 
I think the movement for his goal was was actually quite good. Like he managed to lose Jackson. I'm not going to stand there and criticise Jackson saying, "Oh, he should have stayed with your man." Because I think it was. It was We're not doing a Charlton podcast, man. <laughs> no, I know, but I think it was just good movement off the ball, and ultimately, you know, it, it led to a very nervy five uh, five or ten minutes at the end. But um, actually, I apologise. Do you know what? There I was doing the Lincoln thing, where I was ignoring what the opposition did in the score up to the goal, wasn't I? I was doing exactly what I was just did a little monologue criticising people for doing. So apologise. <laughs> there we go. Everybody, make a note of it. I've had an actual apology from Gaz. Beautiful. Celebrate by going to buy Lego. Yes. Well, no, I've I've bought some. It's all good. Um, of course, you have the day ends in Y. No, I don't buy it every day. The day ends in Y. It's Ben's Lego buying day. No, I don't buy every day. I just buy every other when, day when something comes out that I want. So anyway. Um, right, shall we move on to Fleetwood then? Because we all do. We've spent so much time talking about a game that happened ten days ago, or so it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, Fleetwood. Um, I think again, this was a game where it it. Uh, yeah, I think for if, if this game was played two or three weeks earlier, I think it would have been an absolute must win for both sides or must not lose as you keep saying um, for both sides. I think it was again, slightly less crucial for us to take all three points from it. I know fleet would have still fighting, um, but going in, I thought if you'd have said to me last Friday, you know, you can take four points from the next two games. You'd probably think, okay, we'll take a point from Charlton and three from Fleetwood. Um, obviously turned out to be the other way around. Um, very poor first half, very frustrating. Um, I know we had a chat with me, you and Jake at, at one point, sort of just saying, oh, what the hell is going on? Like, sort of venting a little bit as well. Um, but a couple of changes in the second half turned the game around, didn't they? Yeah, I, don't, I think this was a must-not-lose, I'll be honest. I think lose this game, we would have been on 45 points. That's still potential relegation material. You've got... Portsmouth and Wigan coming up, which are two tough games you wouldn't expect an awful lot from. Cheltenham at home is the sort of home game we get very little from. And, you know, with Morecambe winning back-to-back games, Fleetwood would have a game in hand of us. Gillingham are grinding out results. I don't, I, I don't think you wanted to, you know... it probably When I say it wasn't as much of a must-not-lose as Gillingham and Doncaster, but they were two must-not-lose games that we lost, and we're all right where we are now, so... Yeah, I suppose the next game is always more uh, must not lose, certainly until you're safe. But I, yeah, it it didn't have the intensity for from us, and possibly you know Fleetwood only caught on to that intensity once we got level, I think. Uh, but as we were told on, on commentary quite a bit, you know they they concede late goals, and when when patterns emerge, we've seen it this season you know when you get a reputation for doing something conceding late goals conceding the first goal not coming back after you go a goal down that's things that we do and it does happen so you know when i realized or when it when we were informed that fleet would concede late goals i kind of thought okay if we if we can change something and and we had to because the first half was utterly turgid Mm. um it was we just got to a point where because i by the way i think fleetwood are a they're a decent side uh, but they lacked inventiveness and ideas in the first half mm. and it was it was just poor i mean the xg in the first half was 0.42 for them and 0.11 for us it's just do you know what i mean it was nearly as bad a first half as us and shrewsbury mm. uh, and, and but us and shrewsbury was what shrewsbury might have perceived that to be a dead rubber but we needed the points and it, it was a poor game and and in this one, you know, some of our fans perceived it to be a dead rubber, but Fleetwood needed a point. And that didn't particularly reflect either. And were it not for uh, completely ineffective front four, in whatever form they were meant to be playing, I'm told it was 4-4-2 with Scully on the left and Maguire on the right. I didn't see Maguire out on the right flank, I don't think, at all. And, I thought it was and we, a 4-3-3. No, 4-4-2 apparently in the, for the first half with Maguire and Scully on the flanks um, and, and two in midfield holding. That's only what I scout I've got it. And then I think we went 4-3-3, didn't we, when we made the changes? Yeah. Uh, because we took the two strikers off, brought one striker up, and then Ted Bishop nudged Fiorini up with Bishop McGrandall sitting, and then, again, apparently Scully and, and, and Maguire on the flank. But um, not, it's not working for me. 
with Chris Maguire and uh, he wasn't I'm not, I'm not going to scapegoat people like I criticised Morgan Whitaker for doing he was one of four players in the first half three at a push who may as well not been on the pitch and that was Marquis Hopper Maguire definitely and potentially Scully as well certainly after the first 10 minutes we may as well have not had that we may as well have just been it was like we had four men sent off because every time the ball got to the halfway line there was no runners uh, when certainly when Maguire gets the ball he was doing his back he beats a player and then he turns back and passes backwards mm. and I just think well there's there's 10 seconds of my life I'll never get back and if you see it you know four or five times a game over 46 it's an hour of my life that I've spent this season watching Chris Maguire beat a player and then turn around and pass back again oh. and I don't mind us going backwards but oh you know, it's just painful it's just painful and I said at half time you know uh, Michael didn't make any changes and for the first time I just thought oh really you know, you, you, anyone could see that that's not working. Anyone could see it. Genuinely, they could. Even Stevie Wonder could see that that wasn't working. Mm. Um, and then, luckily, it was, funnily enough, 57 minutes. And I think that was the same minute he said Morgan Whitaker got sent off. So, actually, it's been a, a Heinz 57 week. It's been the crucial minute both games. And we made the changes and everything just changed. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I, I think... For me, I think I said after the game, like the first 10 or 15, I didn't think was too bad. And then I, I think, again, it was something you said yesterday. It was, you know, the game of two halves thing was, was two 45 minute spells. It was just the, the first 15, the last half an hour. Um, and then that middle 45 was just poor. Um, it was it was just really frustrating to watch. Um, but yeah, when uh, when the substitutions were made and uh, the, the, the formation was changed, I think it well, it flipped the game on its head. Um, but if we can just go back to Fleetwood's goal for a second, I think when you were saying that you've got the four people that were essentially ineffective on the pitch, it, that was kind of proven with um, with their goal because you watched, you know, you watched John Marquis. Um, I think did he lose the ball or did they, did no. they miss a header? Because I think they they both went up for it, didn't they? It was cleared for him. It was cleared towards him, wasn't it, from Jordan Wright? And he that was it. Yeah, he didn't win the header. It didn't stick with him. Yeah, but it you could sort of see that he was in two minds because he he kind of started to go for it, then hang back, and then started to go again, and then hang back, and then started to go again. And by that point, they've got to a, a stage where he's about ready to shoot and let fly and scored. So. That was oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Marquis for a minute there. You're talking about the the rest of it. You're talking about the bits. Well, yeah, Marquis wins it and it doesn't stick to it. Yeah. And to be honest, their boy spins and takes out two of our midfielders. Nobody really hangs back. He spins um, Fiorini. McGrandles then can't get across and catch him either. Uh, and then the thing is the defenders are caught because if they come forward to him, I mean, bear in mind, by the time he's spun the midfield, he's halfway into our half. There's a runner as well in, in front of him. So the only player that, that may have chosen to go to him is Joe Walsh. Um, but I, I'm not going to blame the, the, the central defensive partnership for that. I don't think the keeper should get beaten from there. Uh, I don't think our midfield should should be cut apart as easily as it was. Mm. But the, the ball needs to stick with the centre forward. Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, for me, like looking back at it, it's like the ball comes out and then he uh, Marquis just kind of hangs back and you see him start to move and then just stops. It's like, well, he may not have got to him in time, but for me, it just looked a little bit like he just uh, sort of hung back. But yeah, like you say, getting beat from that distance shouldn't really happen. I mean, it was a nice strike, but it was uh, it was just a. It was just a, a disappointment. <laughs> well, no, but you know, it was a decent enough strike to to get it in the corner and and yeah. beat a keeper. But you know, um, so anyway, um, we'll, we'll come on to you know, obviously the second half and and how things changed up. I think, um, I was a little bit surprised to see both Hopper and Marquis come off, but you know, as you said, they they weren't exactly setting the world on fire, um. And Ted Bishop more or less nearly made an immediate impact, didn't he, with a, a cracking run that uh, I think was it you that said about you know you, you're playing FIFA, you lob the keeper on that all day long. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of tried to take it to the side. The keeper got to him, and uh, the thing is, the, the thing that made me uh, smile about that was that yes, it was frustrating that he didn't score, but 
you look at the endeavour afterwards. Like he kept he kept running after it. He kept hold of the ball, and it provided us with a chance. So it was um, it, it was a frustrating moment, but at the same time, like you know, quite nice to see that yes, we've not uh, we've not completely lost it, and we're, we're kind of keeping that keeping the ball in. Um, great, point. great point, sorry. by the way. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, very good point. You, you're quite right. We we wasted an opportunity. Heads could have dropped, and instead we recycled it, and actually then forced their goalkeeper into what was probably his best save that he knew about. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a phenomenal save. Like, kind of. I, I still don't know how he managed to get to it. Like, low in the corner and kept Scully out. Just ridiculous save. Actually, Scully missed it. Did he? I thought it was a save. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. No, he saved it. It wasn't a corner, was it? It was a goal kick. No, the keeper, he dived on top of it. And he kept hold of it. Just have a look at it again. Am I I getting getting muddled up? So it's Regan Paul's cross, isn't it? Yeah, Paul crosses it. Yeah, 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 it was a great save. Yeah, I got confused with another another opportunity. Yeah, it was a good save. Phenomenal save, that. But yeah, like, you know, that... it, it kind of led to that being the the moment, wasn't it? And then obviously, you know, um, another instance of uh, of Fiorini doing what he does best. And I said this, I think, to Jake last week, that when you've got Fiorini in the side, he's going to put shots on goal. You know, it doesn't necessarily matter that they're all going to be on target. Because it was after the Shrewsbury game where we didn't have a shot on target because nobody was prepared to pull the trigger. And when you've got when you've got Fiorini in your side, you know that he's going to put shots in. And if they, you know, if they do end up going a bit wayward, then at least you know he's kind of having a go. Um, but the fact is that when he's on, I'd be interested to see the stats on when when he's in the team, how many shots on target we have versus when he's not in the team. Um, no, I'm not working that out. That'd be a right ball, like. Well, no, I know. I'm not asking you. I'm just saying I'd be interested. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know, he kind of he's he does that. Um, he's good at doing that and I think ultimately I think he deserved his goal on, on Tuesday night it was a, a you know again decent strike or it was alright as you'd probably say um, and got us back in the game and uh, I think after that if there was only well if there was somebody that was going to win it I think it probably would have been us on the balance of play after that what do you reckon? Yeah but going back to his goal let's not also brush over the work of Cullen and, Cullen and um, Bishop, I think it is, isn't it? Lays it out. Yes, yeah, it is. Out it. it was a nice team goal. Uh, it, 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 it was well worked. It was a good finish. But when Luis Fiorini's playing in the eight role rather than the um, four role or six role, whatever you want to call it, mm. he is a very good footballer. Uh, when he is restricted having to kind of be back and having to put the tackles in, I think that's when sometimes he gets... I wouldn't say found out because he's a 19-year-old kid, and I think to say a 19-year-old kid gets found out is grossly unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not not his best position. I think over the course of this season, we've seen that Luis Fiorini is very much an attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. not the defensive midfielder. Uh, but he played. He was he was you know just effortlessly in the second half. There was a moment I think where. Yeah, he did the lovely little spin, and it's quite ironic that they scored in the first half because Dan Batty did a little turn that sent Fiorini down the river, and yet in the second half, Fiorini was doing that to them. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was an interesting change, but it was it was uh, it was a very good shot. It was a very good finish. Um, I'm not going to say it was an all right finish. You know, <laughs> it was a good finish. Uh, in my opinion, so interestingly enough, I'm just going to, I was going to look at shots on shots per ninety to see if um, see where where he is. Luis Fiorini is fourth, uh, fifth rather in shots per ninety, but only one player has been with us for the whole season and takes more shots per ninety minutes than Luis Fiorini, and that's Scully. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Dan and Lundalu is above him, just. Uh, and then Morgan Whitaker and Hakeem Adelik are the top two. Okay. So, but again, it, we know what he does. I remember I met him at the beginning of the season, and we watched the videos. I think he even did a podcast stuff with signed him and said, you know, he likes a long range effort. We're going to see that, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, he's a good. He's a decent footballer. I think the last couple of weeks have proven that his loan spell has been a success. You know, when we talk about loans being success and failures, it's not always that clear cut. But Luis Fiorini's played very well for us. So, and you're quite right. After that, 
Actually, after our goal is probably when Fleetwood had their best spell of the game in terms of it woke them up, I think, and they thought, oh, we do need to, you know, we do need to win this game. We do need to get a goal. Um, and, and they actually had some de- two decent chances, both from set pieces. One was from a free kick on the left, I think, which was headed wide. And the other was the corner, which Ellis Harrison nodded over. Um, mm. Two good chances. Neither of them went in, but they, yeah. Yeah, if anyone was going to win it, it was going to be us. But I don't think that we created enough to win the game. Uh, and, and to kind of back that up from 60 to 90 minutes. So for the final um, 30 minutes of the game, we had five shots, three on target. Remember that um, one of those was the goal. So that's one of the ones on target. Uh, one of them was Lewis Fiorini's effort that was saved late on. And I think it was another one in that crazy little time. Uh, but Fleetwood, um, they had four opportunities as well. So it was pretty, it looked pretty even, Stephen, uh, in, the, in the last few minutes. But I think we were the ones that looked. When we attacked, we looked more likely to score. When yes. they attacked we looked more composed, whereas in the first half, when they attacked, they looked more likely to score. So, draw was a fair result in the end. You're not going to come away from that saying we should have won it. We could have won it, but um, we also could have lost it by, you know, we could have conceded more in the first half. So, at the end of the day, a a draw was a perfectly fair result. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, uh, you know, I think I said afterwards I'd taken a point all night long after the win at, uh, after the win at Charlton, obviously with the, uh, you know, with with the first half going the way it did, I, I I probably wouldn't have said that I could see a a goal coming to be honest, but I'm glad it worked out the way that it did in the end. So um, right, there hasn't been a huge amount of news this week coming out of the club, but one positive thing is um, the season ticket numbers or gold membership member uh, numbers, as it's now called. Um, I think the window closed on uh, Monday this week and. Uh, I think the final total was over 4,400, which for a March slash April renewal in a season where every, well, it seems like everybody's saying it's disappointing and crap. That's not bad at all. Um, really, some people really saying that? Well, they're saying that it's poor. I think some people have said that the, the season's been poor and disappointing. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the sales. No, 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 sorry, no, 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 no. They were saying that the sales had been poor. No, right? no, okay. no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a disappointing season. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, I think when when people say that the season's been disappointing or the season's been crap, for four and a half thousand nearly to to come out and say, yep, I'm going to stick my money back down and and uh, and have a season ticket again next year. Unbelievable support. Absolutely unbelievable. And um, I think you know when it opens up to to the next window and to general sale, I think, is it out of the question to believe that we can hit six and a half thousand again? No, not at all. Not at all. I think for, I think this is about what we sold in the last renewal window. In fact, I seem to recall somebody um, saying the other day, so I think we're on course with the cost of living crisis as well. I yeah. would be surprised if we broke six, five with the cost of living crisis. Mm-hmm. I could see, I could see 6,000. Uh, yeah. even that would be utterly tremendous i saw a stat the other day about how many games we've now consistently had above um well, six thousand home fans i think it goes back to wrexham at home in november 2016 that we've had like 90 odd games just consistent crowds and that's incredible it's staying power because people when we won the national league or you know there was the plastics thing and there was the other fans going you know where were you when you were crap and all of that well actually we haven't been that great this season at times and at home we have been far worse you know all but one of our results that you would go that was hell of a result have come away from home the only one at home where you'll go that was a great result was chef wednesday yeah um so, you know, to, to maintain the eight and a half thousand or whatever average attendance that we have through the season, and I appreciate that's bumped up by away fans uh, a bit. I think it's it's plateaued around eight thousand home fans. I think every game is very very good, and I think it'll be another. I think there'll be a few there on Saturday as well, with it being the last Saturday three pm kickoff of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd not thought about that to be honest. I knew. <laughs> What's the I, segue? I... Never mind. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that, but it's good that you mentioned that. Because let's talk about it. There we go. Um, clumsy. That was clumsier than your than somebody's first time having sex. I'll have to let you know. Um, don't. I don't want to know anything about you and sex. I, I like to think of you as not doing it. Ideally. <laughs> As do most people. Anyway, um, Rachel. I was going to say, as do most of my exes. Um, so yeah, let's um, let's move on to the Wigan game then. Uh, obviously, Wigan top of the league after eclipsing Rotherham. Um, are they? I think Rotherham have played the same games now as them, haven't they? So it's all it's all tightening up at the top. Um, but um, yeah, and obviously MK are there as well. Uh, although MK have played two more games, but. Coming to the uh, coming to Central Bank. When was the last time they lost a game? Because it's it's been a while. Um, in the league, let's see, last time they lost a league game was the eighth of March. Uh, no, sorry, it was the twenty sixth of February when uh, they got beat by Sunderland at home. Other than that, they've won or drawn uh, the last uh, last league games all the way through March. And I think, well, it's fairly obvious. This is going to be a toughie, isn't it? How do you see it playing out? Yeah, they play like a 3-4-3. Three, three. I won't go into it too deeply because obviously we're going to have Jake's preview um, shortly. Um, but they play like a 3-4-3. Three, three. Actually, do you know what? They've got players that I look around, I look at their team and I think, yeah, he's not impressed me before. So it's almost like um, a coming together of players that haven't particularly impressed me. Uh and now they're impressing everybody. Um, and, and I talk about Josh McGuinness up top. Never been a fan. Thought he was average for Hull when, when they went up last season. Will Keane, who came, I think he was playing for Ipswich when we beat on 5-3. I've just I've never really thought much of him. I've got Callum Lang. He's all right. Jack Watmore at centre-half. Was he the boy that was sent off for Portsmouth um, when we beat them at their place 1-0 last season? I'm pretty sure it was him that was sent off for that. Max Power another one who every time he's played for Sunderland against us I've always thought he could be dangerous and, and then he's been utter guff uh, the best I, name in football though Max Power yeah yeah, yeah it's a porn name isn't it? it's what it is it's, uh, so, uh, the, <laughs> the two players I like Tom Naylor it's kind of the heartbeat of their side I think he was at Burton a player that I like I like the winger Dariqua who I think was at Forest and somebody might um, might prove me wrong but yeah I look at the team and I actually think I don't really know how they're top, to be honest. Fair play to um, Liam Richardson. Fair play. Um, done decent job, almost certainly. I mean, they were a, a, a team that spent big. Obviously, James McLean is injured. He's a player that I like, James McLean. Uh, but he won't be playing any part, which is a real shame, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a toughie. Actually, I can see us getting something from the game, personally. Okay. I can see as not probably not winning, but I I can. I mean, they, they, in recent weeks they've obviously we talk you talk about the games that they've not lost, but you know, then you beat Wimbledon one nil, one all with Bolton. Um, as you say, they were they were well beaten by Sunderland. Uh, I just yeah. A lot of their results have been quite close, like 2-1 against Charlton, 1-0 against Wednesday, drew 0-0 with Cheltenham, drew 1-0 with Oxford. Do you know what? I said it on the dog walk, I'll say it again, I don't think League One's that good this season. I think that we get blown away by the, the size of the teams, you know, I mean, we're going, oh, we're playing 2010 FA Cup winners or went to the Valley for the first time or playing Sunderland Chef Wednesday with 30-odd thousand players, uh, fans. Yeah, thousand players. That's Ipswich. Um, <laughs> and do you know what? In actual fact, I genuinely don't think it's been that good. I think the teams at the bottom have been bad, like you know, like Doncaster and Crew, and that are just just bad. Uh, and then the, the teams at the top. If MK Dons are third in this division, the standard's not that great. And and Wigan might beat us four 0 now, and they might blow us away. But Joe, you know I've only been. I think I've only really been impressed with a couple of teams. Majorly impressed. Rotherham at home was impressed by them. Portsmouth I was impressed by. Um, and Ipswich away. That Ipswich impressed me. I can't think of another team where I've sat there and gone, yeah, they deserve to be where they are. Mm. I can't. And yeah, you know, 
It's a missed opportunity. I actually think this is a missed opportunity of a season. Plymouth Argyle are still in the automatic promotion race, and they didn't improve. They they were all right at our place. We drew two two, and that was when we were still experimenting with our midfield. I think Lars Sorensen was starting in midfield at the time. You know, Plymouth away, we beat them with a you know a late goal. I just, I just I think this whole division has been much of a muchness. I really do. I and people talk about last season being one. You know, oh, it's the best chance. You'll never get another chance like that. You will. You will. You just have to be consistent. If you're consistent in this division, yeah, there's not a lot between teams. There's not a lot between our squad and the Wigan squad. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, it's, it's the consistency that's the that's the key. It's not necessarily, you know, the best the best eleven players or the best twenty odd players you've got in the squad. It's obviously going to be consistently managing to either get results or grind them out. Um, and I think that's what we did very well last season. Um, you know, we, we we obviously had a very good squad. We got a player that is now, you know, he will be playing in the Premier League next year um, in Brennan Johnson. And I think the fact is that with that, we were able to be consistent and consistently good. So, um, yeah. yeah I think- do you know what? Last, sorry, a lot gets put on this year. We had this 20 million player and that's why we were so good last season. But, you know, people gloss over George Grant was outstanding. Yeah. Tom Hopper was was very, very good. We had a slightly more settled back four. You know, Louis Monsman had a very, very good season. I just, yeah, it's, I'm not criticising you. It's it's a narrative that whenever people say, well, why haven't we done as well this season? It's, oh, well, we haven't, didn't have Brennan Johnson and Morgan Rogers. But do you know what? You stick George Grant in this team. If we'd hung on to him in the summer, stick George Grant in this Lincoln City team, you put another 10 points on our total. Hmm. Stick, leave Teo Eden in at fullback, and that's with the greatest respect to Robson and, and Bramall. But you leave Teo Eden in at fullback, there's another four or five points there. Mm. Uh, and you stick 15 points on what we've got now. We're still knocking on the playoff door, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it. Um, here is uh, here is Jake's preview. Um, I thought it would be a Good place to to introduce that before we wrap up, <laughs> before I forget it. Um, Jake was talking to uh, Barry Worthington from the Progress with Unity podcast. So here he is. I will take you back to October, Baz. And I, I said I was going to do it. Um, probably one of our performances of the season. We got a win away at you guys in midweek. And then we went to Hillsborough and got a point, which was quite significant for, for little old Lincoln. But I mean, for you that night, you told me that you couldn't win on a Tuesday night and you probably knew that it was coming, didn't you? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. yeah. And, but the surprising thing was, I i mean, I've talked to you about this before, but how good you were last season. I know I fancied yeah. you to get promoted. And I wasn't surprised. But I'm surprised now to see yeah. how your season's faltered. Mm. You know, uh, you looked a really good side. And on that, that Tuesday night, you looked, Really, really good. Even though we did it the uh, Woodwork three times, and we had a goal disallowed, albeit for handball. But uh, but uh, you still looked a decent side, and, and you know you give us one hell of a game. That's I mean it was two 0 until the ninety fifth minute, weren't yeah. it? When we 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 scored that goal at the end, um, you looked really good. And it was very I'm very surprised to see you where you are in the table. If I'm being perfectly honest, which gives us a little bit of trepidation about Saturday. Um, yeah, are you, are you slightly worried then coming to to, to Lincoln? Where as I, as I sort of came onto your pod and said, not many teams in the top ten have come away with a win at Central Bank. Are you are you worried that you might join that list of, of clubs that don't get a maximum up here? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're set nothing for granted. There's not none of the flash Irish stuff about Wigan Athletic because we we know what we are. But with with three, we reckon we're probably three wins off of promotion, mm. um, at three wins and a draw. Maybe this game will be the draw. I hope. I hope it's one of the wins because we've got yourselves, then Burton, and then Cambridge. So yeah. from our point of view, without any disrespect to any of those teams, mm. you've got to identify a top of the table team, thinking they can pick maximum points up yeah. there, and that's what we'll be going for. Um, and I, I will be set up no different than any other any other game that we play, you know, home and away, we set up the same and go about it in the same manner. Um, but yeah, I am, because I, I do I do have a, a sort of a fear about Lincoln City. Um, mm. And I'm surprised John Marquis is, isn't playing more regular for you as well. As he, I've noticed he's been on the bench a few times. Uh, yeah. Because he's a player who tends to score against us. Yeah, he got dragged off at 
just after half time yesterday. He didn't look too happy about it. Um, predictions, and Baz, what what are we? I know you got. You're probably thinking that it's a it's just a game that you guys should be winning given the league positions. But in all reality, would you would you take a point? Uh, would I take a point? Um, begrudgingly, I would. I mean, uh, for the sake of our friendship, I would. <laughs> but, but in reality, it's like I said, with these next three games, uh, uh, we've got to, you know, we've got to be looking to pick Max. We need to get this promotion settled as soon as possible. I, th- I think it'll be a good game. It'll be an interesting game. Uh, it'll be a close game. And my forecast will be a typical Wigan Athletic performance. We tend to concede every game we play, um, but we will score two. So I'd go for a a 2-1 away win. So there we go. Thank you to Barry for talking to Jake. uh, As Gary has just pointed out in a bit that I'm going to edit out, a proper broadcaster. Um, And don't forget, if you want to see the whole preview, get subscribed to the Stacey West YouTube channel um, because... There's numbers. I think Jake's trying to hit 500. Is it before the end of the year or is it before the end of the season? We're trying to hit 500 as a group. I mean, we do have the dog walk on there as well. Yeah. So uh, I don't don't know. 433. Oh, there you go. Which is good because last time I checked, it was about 100 and something. So there you go. Fivefold growth or fourfold growth. Um, So that is, that's the preview. I think. Are we going to predict the score? I'm going to ask you before saying that we're not, just in case you decide to talk over me like you did last time and then ridiculed me. I don't ridicule you. Yeah, you do. Ridcully, wasn't that a character in the Unseen University, Terry Pratchett books? I don't know. I've not read a Pratchett book since I was about 16. I like the Pratchett books. They're very clever. I haven't read a Pratchett book for a while. I've been reading Agatha Christie. Okay. Recently. I'm doing a a novel writing course, and uh, it recommended that I read... Towards Zero, which is um, a, a Sergeant Battle book, which was one of her other characters who's not as famous as Poirot and uh, Marple. Um, yeah, so and I couldn't get it anywhere, so I just bought some others and read them, and then I got Towards Zero and read it. And for some reason, yeah, I got right into that now. I think I would have. I think I would have gone down well in the 1920s. Okay. I think I was born for a different era. But then I like central heating and gadgets, so... Yeah, there is that. Yeah, you couldn't have survived the 1920s. Oh, no, absolutely not. No chance whatsoever. Just, no. Yeah. So, uh, are we, we're not going to predict the score then, are we? Uh, yeah, go on then. Um, one all. One all, okay. I'd, I'd go with that. I'd, I'd be... You can't just again. copy me. Be different, Ben. Be unique. That's why you would never have survived in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Roaring twenties, no substance. Come on. All right, seven six. I don't know. I bet, like, I bet no. you're wrong. <laughs> Probably will be. No, I, I think it is. It's another one of those games, and it's it sounds. It seems to be the the sort of rallying cry at the moment of yeah, I'd take a point, and I would honestly, I'd, I'd take yeah, a point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Take a point. I don't think we'll get a clean sheet. Not now. I've criticised McGinnis, Lang, and. Um, Will Keane. They'll all score. They'll all score. Do you know, there isn't a striker in our team I'd swap for them, for any of them. And and probably, you know, Michael Appleton, who doesn't obviously listen to this, would probably say, Gary, you've been ridiculous. I'd take McGuinness all day long or whatever. But I just, I, you know what, I wouldn't. If we'd signed Josh McGuinness in the summer, I would have been more underwhelmed than I would ever have been signing Hakeem Pedelican, for instance. I would. Fair enough. And, and I, I haven't looked at the leading scorer, so I, I tell you what, we'll do it now because I might make myself look like a huge dick. Uh, I'll put League Two. <laughs> I need to say that out loud. Uh, yeah, so they're not in the top three. Alfie May is a player of one. Will Keane's got 20. How on earth has that happened? Genuinely didn't look like he could hit a tree with a Cortina. Um <laughs> Where Callum Lang 12, yeah, better, better. Why's McGuinness? McGuinness anywhere? No. McGuinness has scored less than James McLean. He'd be a big loss for them. Yeah, that McGuinness, honestly. I know he's going to score now because I'm I'm hammering him, but I just. It's like Connor Washington. Like one of the. Both. Actually, they're both Northern Ireland strikers as well, so I'm not anti Irish, but yeah, I don't get it. 
people going, oh, so Connor Washington, oh, brilliant, that's great, that. Connor Washington playing up front, my God. Bring back Ben Hutchinson, all this video. You know what? I'm I'm just I'm just going to let you carry on because this is just fun, like to, could, to listen yeah. to you go off on a bit of a ramble. <laughs> I, I could, I could, I genuinely could. I tell you what, I will go off on a very quick ramble on, and I know that we're out of time or whatever. Have you seen the Crawley Town news today? I have. God damn it! There we go. I'll set you off. Fucking NFTs. <sighs> and I'd yeah. also actually, yeah, yeah, special special shout out to Jack. Because the other day, I was quite happily enjoying my day at work. I was, you know, I, I was getting through all my work. I was feeling good, enjoying my time. And then he sent me a link to the news that the government have authorised an NFT from the Royal Mint. I saw that as well. Brilliant. Well done. Levelling up. That's what they're doing, isn't it? Levelling up. Government. I want to send a special shout out to Jane and Mark, who aren't getting a season ticket this year. They will be yeah. popping along to some games, but sadly missed. Absolutely. Sorry, right. I'm buying the house off them for fifty quid and a pack of watsits. Jane said it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Well, Not I even. mean, it's the only way you're going to buy a house if you keep spending all your money on DeLorean Lego sets. Hey. But it's all right. It's, it's I, know, I know it's Etsy money that's different. You can only spend that on nice things. Yeah. Absolutely. When I was saving for something I really wanted, what I tended to do was was put all my money into it rather than. Like, not all of it, but I mean, I suppose it's horses, of course, isn't it? It's different tactics. It's, it depends whether you want to actually get what you're saving for or whether you want to drown in Lego. So, I mean, both. And I know we, I was going to say, I know which one you're going to pick as well. You're going to say it tentatively because Rachel might be listening, but you're like, new house or Lego? Well, if I buy enough Lego, I can build a house out of it. <laughs> can you thought, build things with Lego without having a plan? Like, uh, cause like, are you any good at that? Uh, I, to be honest, I haven't done that since I was a kid. Can't you 3D print your own Lego on your 3D printer? I can, but it's not very good. Uh, have you tried? I, I did try and do like a... Actually, no, I tell you, like, I did a, like a special like custom piece that actually worked quite well. <laughs> but it's, it's quite brittle, so... No. What was it of? I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it um, your Was it what? <laughs> Was it your genitals? It Did was not do? my genitals. Oh, I thought it might be one of those little minifigure type things. Actually, no, tell a lie. It was... I, I, I was tell a lie, think, it wasn't. It wasn't it my, was my genitals. <laughs> tell a lie. <laughs> no, I, I was trying to think now. what it was, and then I looked up, and I realised it sat on my shelf. I printed a Lego drum kit. Okay, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But you, you know can't... what? Actually, here's a revelation. Go on. I've got some Lego. Wow. It's in the shed in a box. I went through, when I first took up photography, I went through a period of just buying different minifigures and then like trying to create little stories out of them with the cat. We're taking the camera on a website, you know, like a picture a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I, I made up like a little Lego Johnny Cash with a guitar and I made up a Lego punk singer. I was trying to make Lego rancid, but um, I couldn't get a, a suitable Tim Armstrong. They don't do a beard big enough. Well, not they now, do, no. They didn't do a tattooed bald head either for Lego. They're missing a trick. <laughs> Lego there. Lars. Yeah, I no, for um Tim. Tim's got a tattoo on on covering his entire head. Yeah, like flames going over the top of his head. I love the way that, that you do know Rancid are and there'll be like we get what, like seven hundred listeners and there'll be six hundred and eighty listeners going Rancid sound awful. <laughs> sound awful. If you haven't listened to Rancid and you're thinking, Well, they're talking about Rancid, we'll go and listen to them. Time bomb's probably a good place to start. Yes. Um, Certainly, and out from the walls is the album. So, oh, hell of an album that is. But um, I, I have just sent you a photo of the Lego drum kit, so there we go. That is probably a point at which nobody yes. else will care. Yeah, so we're getting lost now, aren't we? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else that we need to discuss imps-wise this week. The picture that you've sent me is a guy playing a Lego drum kit, but you've also got like a little model Yoda in the bottom corner. Is that yeah. the equivalent of when a football hooligan takes a picture in the pub but gets the Stone Island badge in? Do you know what I mean? Like, God, get a badge in the picture. <laughs> and oh, I've got a Lego drum kit. Look at my Yoda. No, I 3D printed that as well. What's your little Game Boy? Did you 3D print that? No, that was bought from a place. What's the thing with the beanie hat on? Is that, is that something? It's Parappa the Rapper. What's Parappa the Rapper? 
I will educate you on Parappa the Rapper. I'll be honest. I've looked at a picture. You've given me the name. I'm I'm good, actually. You can leave it there. <laughs> I'll just leave it. Kick punch. It's all in the mind. But I don't think we've got anything else to talk about. Obviously, we haven't had for the last 10 minutes. No. So uh, we'll leave it there. And we'll see you next week. Up the imps. Up the imps. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.